Intermission Gallery operates on the sacred lands and waters of the Wurundjeri and Bunurong people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging, and we extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples that join us in this space. We recognise and appreciate the ongoing integrity and diversity of Indigenous culture and expression. We acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded and that it always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Intermission Gallery is a student-run gallery at Monash University that endeavours to support and champion the works and practices of artists within the Monash community. We would like to welcome you to our podcast, where we explore and engage in dialogue with the exhibiting artists and the surrounding community of Monash. In this week's Inside Intermission episode, we will be hearing from Jen, Sarah and Brittany in regards to their exciting new show, You May Perceive Me Now which opens at Intermission's gallery this week. To skip the audio description of this episode, skip to... 6.45. And now for the audio description of You May Perceive Me Now. You May Perceive Me Now is exhibited in the Intermission gallery space, a small yet spacious square room with white walls and a light-toned wooden floor. Wall number one. When entering the space, the wall closest to the left has three rectangular photographic prints pinned in portrait orientation. The photographs have been taken in what looks to be a forest or bush area, and all of them include a mirror. There is a feminine presenting person in a white dress in two of the photographs. On the same wall, there are 15 rectangular photographs arranged in a grid, three by five, all depicting a person with long hair dressed in black, in front of a mirror. They are doing a variety of poses and some of the photos have been digitally altered with cartoonish shapes and drawings added over them. Wall number two. On the adjacent wall, there is a painting done on a large rectangular canvas. The background of the composition is a solid black color and organic shapes in earthy brown tones have been painted on top of the black. The lighting of the painting is dramatic and the abstract shapes and colour palette is reminiscent of bone or cartilage. To the right, this portrait is a more realistic depiction of a person who is wearing a red shirt which contrasts with the dark blue waves that form the background of the painting. The last works on this wall are four rectangular paintings arranged in a triangular formation. The three outermost works are in black frames while the centre painting is contained in a white frame. The outermost ones are united in colour palette, yellow, orange, brown, earthy tones, and the backgrounds of each are reminiscent of Aboriginal dot painting techniques. The subject matter of all four features different body parts. Wall number three. Hanging in the corner between the previous wall and the next is another work. Three portrait photographs suspended on top of each other with strings that attach them to the adjacent walls. The photographs have a white border and each show a figure draped in a white sheet standing in various poses in front of a large hanging sheet. The top and bottom photographs have a pink sheet while the middle one has a purple coloured sheet. The string attached to the bottom right corner of the lowest photograph hangs down and is coiled in a heap on the floor. The first work on the next wall is made up of two rectangular black frames in this landscape position with three monochromatic photograph prints inside each. The photographs in portrait orientation and depict close-up shots of objects that are difficult to identify. They have a fabric-like texture with fluid and folding forms.
Wall number four. The first work on the farthest right wall is a painting on a very irregular canvas shape that seems like a cutout of a normal canvas. It has uneven rounded edges that is reminiscent of thick liquid flowing and the colour palette is mostly dark and cool with a few splashes of brighter saturated colours. It depicts an indoor setting with a navy floor and brown walls as well as a lot of depth with what seems to be a children's carousel ride in the foreground and figures of people in the far background. Beside this, there are three portrait works in a triangular formation, with the largest on the left and two smaller ones stacked on the right. They seem to be mostly printed with some media collage elements, showing flat and solid illustrative depictions of body parts that have no depth or form. The palette is very restricted, with only blue, red and black ink used on white paper. The left print is done on light pink paper and the bottom right print has a black and white cutout of a nude female figure from behind. The last work on this wall is a large photographic print in portrait orientation. It has been printed on a very glossy paper so the light reflects off its surface. The photo features dramatic lighting with red and pink tones with a short-haired figure standing with their back to the viewer. Only their torso and head are pictured. The dramatic lighting makes it so their body fades into the black background. Above them, the same red and pink tones are shown as blurred movement, creating an arc over the person's head. Middle of room. Suspended in the middle of the room, there is a matching set of clothing hanging from the ceiling. It is a collared shirt and a woman's underwear built up of patches of different fabrics that are mostly white, beige and yellow with the occasional pop of red, brown and black. Some fabrics have flower patterns or embroidered text. The back of the underwear says Butch, B-U-T-C-H in block letters, while the shirt's left breast panel has brown text that reads Quotation mark. My lack of vulnerability lies in the, my fear of what I say in my sleep. Quotation mark. In loopy red thread. And that is the end of the audio description of this exhibition. All right. Hello, Jen and Sarah. It's nice to have you here. Um, today in this episode of Inside Intermission, we're going to be discussing the group show that was done in intermission last semester, which was You May Perceive Me Now. Um, so I had a look on your exhibition last time and I found it really interesting. I'm just wondering, how did you both come to decide the theme of the group show? Um, initially, uh, I was approached um, by Emily Winslade um, at the beginning of semester one, and um, she was really interested in um, working with us to create a show um, that kind of centred around ideas of um, queer identity and feminism. And um, so we kind of decided that we wanted to branch out into a more general approach of um, identity and come from um, a multifaceted lens um, rather than just focusing on um, feminism or 
um, queer identity. And so we um, decided to do, um, yeah, a really broad, broad theme. And the um, Mm. title, You May Perceive Me Now, sort of stemmed from uh, at the beginning of the year, there was a few memes going around about like, please do not perceive me until further notice or something like that. And sort of, um, you know, exploring the fact that the way we are perceived is different to how we perceive ourselves um, and that everyone's perception of us is altered by who they are. And so I sort of put out there um, with Emily's sort of permission and guidance and Sarah and Brittany that maybe it could be about how everyone feels they are looked upon by other people in the world. Mm, Yeah, that's really interesting. I personally actually study psychology as well. And this is also a really like commonly occurring theme where we discuss like how the individual perceives themselves differently from how others perceive them. And it's kind of like this tension going on throughout a person's life. Yeah, very interesting. Um, I'm wondering, was there any like particular if start striking event or something like that in your personal lives that suddenly caused you to realize about this? Um, I think there's just such a large conversation at the moment um, on social media and just um, in all of my personal circles about identity and um, I think especially being in, you know, your early 20s and kind of coming to terms with who you are in this world and what am I going to do after graduation? There's just so much um, conversation around who you are, who you want to be um, and the idea of perception um, and identity is played into that. Um, and so I think personally for me that's where I um, brought that into the show. And it's interesting that uh, you bring up psychology as well because I remember learning sort of about that. I mean, it was high school psychology, so it wasn't that deep or complex, but um, we used to do like experiments where you'd all watch the same video and people would remember entirely different things because their personal experience has inflicted upon their memory. Um, And so I think that's something I've always thought about, um, especially as someone who's very interested in photography and photographic history and how we take photos as truth, but they're so subjective, even though we see them as objective truth-telling mediums. So, yeah, that's my interest as well. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I love that. I love how you describe photography. You gave me chills. I never thought of it that way. Like, I think I'm one of those people you described who saw photography as, like, one of the most truest most objective form of art because it's like you can't really manipulate it but you're right it depends on what a person thinks is interesting from their environment like which they choose inside the frame isn't it yeah and it's been manipulated from the beginning of the camera as well it's not necessarily just since we've had photoshop like darkroom Mm -hmm. techniques is so malleable it's not literally black and white so yeah yeah. Um, well, I'm curious to know now that you've mentioned about the history of photography. Um, this theme you're raising, the self kind of self identity kind of topic. 
Um, I noticed that self-portraits is a very recurring theme, um, especially in the history of painting where like, I think Van Gogh and like all the Mastro painters, they have like at least one famous self-portrait, I think. Um, how do you perceive um, self the history of self-portrait to kind of um, link to the exhibition that you have Is there like some similarity or striking difference that you maybe want to highlight? Um, I <laughs> I don't think um, we really focused on um, the technique and the history um, from artists. Um, we wanted to have a non-authoritative vo- a voice, um, sorry, when we were um, making the show. And so we kind of made an open call to artists and invited them to take the theme, however literal or um, figurative they wanted. And then um, so there were some artists um, that created really um, classic, I suppose, um, portraits, uh, self-portraits, and then there were others um like Sophie Shingles and Anoki who created more figurative and abstract um, representations of the self-portrait. Um, yeah, so we wanted to take our voice out of that. Yeah, I see. That's really interesting. Um, well, with all the things that you've um, put together for the exhibition, I'm wondering, is there any plans you have to further develop the project in the future? I think uh, now that we've gotten in touch and worked with all these artists, I feel that it would be lovely to work with them again, um, maybe around a different theme um, but still centred around their own person, like their subject position, their own position in society. Um, yeah, potentially uh, because, of course, uh, artists um, – practice develops and transforms as they age and get more experience so I think it would be quite interesting in even just 12 months time to see what everyone's up to Um, but yeah I think it was a great chance to just get everyone together and have an opportunity to show their work and sort of reflect upon how the position of the self is so central to so many Um, Monash student and beyond um, practice in art. Yeah, I've worked with um, Sophie Shingles for another project for one of my assignments um, where I interviewed them on their practice and um, created a podcast episode. Um, And so I would be really interested in furthering that technique um, of interviewing um, potentially with other artists from the show or other artists in the... um, visual art program at Monash. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Um, I'm really keen to see what you both come up with, like all of these future plans. Um, If anyone were interested to follow along your future works, where can they maybe catch up with what you're up to? Uh, They could probably find me on Instagram at jn underscore hnt. Yeah, I think Instagram's probably the best way to find my future endeavours um, at Sarah underscore Ponsford. Um, I'm hoping to 
graduate at the end of the year um, and, yeah, get involved in lots of writing projects. Um, I'm hoping to open up a blog um, and do a lot of curating and freelancing um, and that kind of thing in the near future. Yeah, awesome. It was really nice having a chat with you today. Um, thank you so much for being here in the space with me. Thank you so Thanks much for having, having us. <laughs> All right, then. Um, that marks the end of our episode today. I'll see you again in the next episode. Bye. 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 <laughs>